0: On Church Online today, we pray that you'll be blessed by the message that Dave is coming to minister to you. You know, this last few weeks has looked a bit different in the way that we would normally do church, but thank God for technology. And hey, we're all becoming tech gurus at this time, aren't we? We now know how to operate Zoom, WhatsApp, all sorts of things. And if you're still trying to get online, hey, It's a process. It takes a little while, but we're here to help you if you need that support. All you need to do is head over to our website, Connect Online, and we'll be happy to contact you to let you know how we can get you involved into things throughout the week. So what has been happening? Well, our kids and our youth teams have been busy keeping in contact with our precious youth and children. Our children's teams have been FaceTiming what WhatsApp video calling, singing songs with the kids, even doing homework clubs as well. And our youth have been having a great time on Instagram live, watching as people's heads have been shaved, all sorts of funny activities going on. So again, it's great to see that we've been able to connect. Our connect groups as well have continued to be able to meet online using technology. And we're really enjoying watching the Bible course together, learning more about the Word of God. If you haven't connected online yet, we would love to get you part of that. Again, just head online to our website so we can get you rolling with that in the next few days. So I just wanted to give you an update as well as how we're reaching out into our community at this time. As you may or may not know, Jesus Cares delivers two and a half thousand food hampers to families across the South Wales region every month. And at this time, we're seeing that need greater than ever. It's been a great joy for us to be able to continue to partner with our local councils to see how we can best support them in getting food support to those who need it most. So our vans are still on the road, volunteers are still coming in to help pack hampers and we are so thankful for the um, just the time our volunteers are giving to help reach people with food at this time. We'd love for you to join with us and continue to pray that we'll keep on on receiving food so that we can help get that out to people that need it the most. So sit back, grab a cup of tea or a coffee and enjoy this morning's message by Dave, part three of Never Alone.
1: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome again to our online service today. We're going to encourage ourselves, strengthen our faith In God's Word. And do you know, I know all of us today are really missing one another and missing being together, but thank God for the blessing of technology and thank God that, you know, we can still meet around the Word of God in our own homes. Well, today we're going to be continuing on in our series of messages, Never Alone, where we have been focusing our attention, in Psalm 23. And as we're nearing Easter, I want us to focus our time today thinking about the wonderful care of our shepherd, Jesus, the wonderful care and provision that he gives to all of us every moment of every day of our lives. Now, The New Testament gives us three titles for Jesus in his role as shepherd in our lives. And we're going to be looking at these three titles today. Firstly, we see that Jesus in the New Testament is seen as the good shepherd, laying his life down sacrificially to save the sheep that he loves. Then secondly, as we look into the Word of God We see Jesus titled as the great shepherd, administering his new covenant of grace for our lives that has been forever ratified in his blood. And then finally, Jesus is revealed as the chief shepherd. The one that will come at the end of time and open up a way into eternity for all of us as his people to enter into his pasture, into the very holy place of God. These three titles Jesus operates in as he cares for our lives. Good Shepherd sacrificially laying down his life for his sheep. Great shepherd administering his new covenant that has been ratified in his own blood and also as chief shepherd, the one that will come at the end of all time to sum it all up and lead us on into eternity to pasture into the very holy presence of God. Now, the amazing thing is that David speaks about these three wonderful roles, these three wonderful aspects of Jesus as shepherd in our lives. In Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24, David pictures these three wonderful aspects that Jesus takes upon himself in shepherding our lives. Firstly, in Psalm 22, David graphically describes the good shepherd laying his life down sacrificially to save his sheep, paying the debt he didn't owe that we could never pay. Remember, Jesus said of himself in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life or lays down his life for the sheep. And here in Psalm 22, David sees the good shepherd laying his life down sacrificially to save his sheep. Then on into Psalm 23, Psalm 23 David now describes the great shepherd as he administers His eternal covenant ratified in His own blood. This psalm is about intimacy. Psalm 22 is about suffering and sacrifice. But now Psalm 23 is about intimacy and closeness. It's about the Lord never leaving us or forsaking us in life through every season of life. There is not a moment where we are outside of his loving care. Psalm, Psalm 22 pictures the shepherd sacrificing his life, paying in full the price to purchase us and to redeem us. But in Psalm 23, we see that the full and the final price has been paid and met And here in this wonderful psalm, David testifies of the abundant provision of salvation accessed by his sheep in his pasture under his pastoral care. David experienced in Psalm 23 what is written about Jesus in Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Here... The good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep has become the great shepherd that has risen from the dead. Let's look at Hebrews 13, verse 20 to 21. It says this, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may equip you with all you need for doing his will. That's provision. That's abundance. That's not wanting anything or lacking anything to do God's work. May equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him And glory to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. You see, David sees the great shepherd here in Psalm 23, now administering his wonderful covenant of grace, ratified in his own blood. Now, for the time that we have remaining this morning, we're going to be thinking about the wonderful price that's been paid for our lives in Psalm 22. And then we're going to be looking into Psalm 23 to see the wonderful provision that has been given to us and provided for us every day in our lives. These three Psalms... Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24 form a wonderful trilogy that should be read together because we see a seamless picture, a seamless panorama of how Jesus, the good shepherd, Jesus, the great shepherd, and Jesus, the chief shepherd, cares for our lives and looks after us. Have you ever wondered about your worth? I think all of us at times have questioned our worth. And sometimes, you know, we make comparisons against one another to try and draw value and to try and measure up to the standards and the expectations that we have about our lives. Sometimes we look to the messages and listen to the voices around us within our world to try and find out about who we are and what we're worth. But child of God, you never have to wonder about your worth. You never have to question or measure up to the standards of this world. You never ever have to make a comparison to try and understand your value against another human being. If you want to understand your worth, look no further than Psalm 22 and see the incredible price that Jesus paid for you on the cross. When you read Psalm 22 and you see the payment that's been made and the sacrifice that was given by our Lord, then you will truly understand what God thinks about you. The unimaginable price that was paid clearly shows us and clearly reveals forever the unconditional love that God has towards us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he wants to be with us continually, moment by moment. Our worth and our value before God can be seen as we look and understand the price that has been paid for our lives. And David in Psalm 22 knew and understood the price, the unimaginable sacrifice that was given by the Good Shepherd as he laid down his life to save His sheep. David in Psalm 22, as you read it, sees the moment of divine exchange. You see, David hears the cry of the forsaken Son of God as he's hanging on the cross to forgive us, to take the penalty and the punishment of our sin. David sees it. He sees the scene around the cross. He sees the suffering Savior suspended between heaven and earth. He sees the jeering and the crowd shouting. He sees the soldiers playing games and gambling over the clothes of Christ with the throw of a dice. He sees the bulls of Bashan attacking like lions gaping at the Christ and and biting into his being. David sees all of this and graphically writes about it in Psalm 22. What is he doing? He's explaining the unimaginable suffering that Jesus went through the good shepherd. He's he's outlining the price that was paid, that could only be carried by our Lord and Saviour, Jesus, that good shepherd that lays his life down for the sheep. Paul, the apostle, understanding this great exchange that took place, writes in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, he says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin, For us that we might become the righteousness of God in him what an exchange what a transfer what a transition of life Christ Jesus became our sin Christ Jesus became our sacrifice so that we might become the righteousness of God there is no shame in that my friend there is no guilt in that child of God You are forever new before God in His presence. Righteous, righteous, the very righteousness of God is now your portion forevermore because Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price and cancelled every single debt that we could ever owe before God. And also, speaking again of this amazing exchange, Paul writes, In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. In Psalm 22, you see incredible poverty. In Psalm 22, It's a scene of utter darkness and hopelessness. And David sees the good shepherd becoming sin for us. David sees the good shepherd laying down his riches, emptying himself and becoming poor on a scale that this world has never known. There is no green pasture here in Psalm 22 for Jesus, the good shepherd, to lie down in. There are no still waters for him in Psalm 22 to be refreshed by. There's no protection. There's no care. All help is gone. He's alone. The good shepherd is abandoned and left to sacrifice his life, providing eternal salvation for his sheep. Psalm 22 is about Jesus being punished and judged for our sins. It's about Jesus making the complete and final payment as our Redeemer. His sacrifice alone completely cancels out our sinful debt. In fact, the sinful debt Of all humanity forever was cancelled out by Jesus as he paid the full price and penalty for our sin. And David sees it in Psalm 22. So that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a wonderful consequence for all of us who believe in him. What a wonderful consequence for all of us That have received Jesus as our Savior and Lord. But Psalm 22 doesn't just contain within it the cry of our abandoned Savior My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's how Psalm 22 opens up the very first word is a cry of abandonment of Christ from the cross. And these are the scenes of Jesus on the cross. This was the first cry that Jesus issued to his Father. He had always known union with his Father. He had always known fellowship with him. In fact, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear him say it. Jesus was in unbroken fellowship with his father as he walked through this life and ministered to people. And yet on the cross, as he paid for our our punishment, as he paid for our sin, he cries... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And David sees it as he opens up this Psalm 22 in the first verse. But Psalm 22 doesn't just have within it this cry of our abandoned Savior, our shepherd sacrificing his life for the sheep. No, it ends in triumph. This psalm that is filled with darkness and horror and pain and punishment and judgment doesn't conclude in defeat. It concludes in absolute victory and triumph as Jesus sacrifices his life completely for the sheep on the cross. Salvation eternally is secured for his people because David finally sees at the end of this chapter the very declaration that Jesus finished his life with. It is finished. Jesus did not say in John chapter 19 I am finished. No he said it is finished the work is finished that I have come to do the will that I have come to fulfill of my fathers I have completed in full payment has been made it is finished. The debt is cancelled. The battle is over. Jesus, our King, has triumphed gloriously and conquered death for us. David sees this in this wonderful psalm, Psalm 22. Psalm 23 would not be possible without the price that was paid in Psalm And David sees it graphically, and he pitches it for us. What is he doing in Psalm 22? So wonderfully, he's showing us the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd that lays his life down for the sheep. Now, having seen the unimaginable price that was paid for Jesus, paid by Jesus, our good shepherd in Psalm 22, David then takes us into Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23, as we've seen, is all about wonderful, abundant provision. Now, Jesus, the great shepherd in Psalm 23, risen from the dead, Begins to administer his eternal covenant for those that he has redeemed, for those that he has loved, for those that he will never forsake or leave. Psalm 23, every verse is about provision and care and intimacy and closeness. Let's read it Psalm 23. Let's read about this wonderful provision. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Remember Psalm 22 begins with the words of our Savior hanging on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's paying The ultimate price. But oh, see the exchange in Psalm 23 as David opens his mouth and boldly declares before everyone, Jehovah is my eternal shepherd. Jehovah, the self-existent one, the one that keeps his covenant for a thousand generations, is my Lord He's my shepherd, I shall never want. Psalm 22, we see the ultimate price being paid by the good shepherd. But in Psalm 23, we see David with full confidence living in the wonderful provisions of a life that's been paid for by the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not lack anything. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me, my head, with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a testament. What a life. What a provision and all provided for by the great shepherd, our Lord Jesus, who paid the ultimate price that David brings to our attention in Psalm 23. Now I want us in these final moments of this message today to go through all of the wonderful benefits to us as God's people all of the wonderful benefits of salvation that have been provided for us in Psalm 23. Everything that God has provided for us has been paid for in full. Paul, I believe in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, says this, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things. Here Paul is talking again about this divine exchange that we experience as we accept Jesus Christ as Saviour, the one that has taken our debt, the one who has paid for our ransom and our purchase. If God has given His Son, He says, how will He not with Him give you everything and this is what David is saying. This is what David was understanding. If my good shepherd would, would pay the ultimate price and lay his life down for me, how can I ever lack anything? How can I ever live in need? Because he's provided for me. We're going to go through these wonderful benefits. We're going to see them in Psalm 23, what Jesus has paid for and what Jesus has provided us with and what he expects us to enjoy and live in as his people. Firstly, we can confidently say this, we will never be in want or in need for contentment because David says, We lie down, or he makes me lie down in green pastures. This means that we can live a life without effort. It means that we can live a life without strife and stress and come simply into that place of contentment and rest and blessing in Christ. Also on from here, David shows us that we will never want for life's refreshment. Life for us as believers is not stale. It's not substandard. You're a child of God. A price, the ultimate price has been paid for you. Our life isn't a a rehash or a rerun of our history. No, our life in Christ is provided for. He leads us, David says, beside the still waters. That's a new disposition of life for us. Not strife filled, but still and peaceful. Still waters we are led by. Isaiah talking about this stillness of life that God gives says this, In quietness and in confidence shall your strength be. That's Isaiah 30, verse 15. The still waters of His presence that we are led to makes us strong, makes us quietly confident about facing all uh, the challenges of life. Our life is not stale. Our life is not substandard. Our life is still, in knowing that he is God, in knowing that he is our shepherd every moment of every day. Also, after showing us that we're not going to be in want for rest, not going to be in want for peace and stillness, David tells us that we'll never be in want for preservation, preservation of life. When you look at David's life, you see that he experienced some of the most betraying moments in his life. He experienced times of darkness and fear, and yet, in the midst of all of that, he testified that God restored his soul, the Lord restored his soul to every damaged soul. The word of God says I will restore you to every broken heart to every needy life to every fear-stricken mind God says I will restore you this is the care this is the provision of salvation and David knew it David accessed it and David lived in its blessing after 50 years of life after 50 years of varied experiences The ups of life, the downs of life, the highs of life, the lows of life. David had seen so much of life experience rush through his soul. And sometimes his soul was broken in pieces and shattered by life itself. But after it all, looking back over all of those varying times and seasons, he says, You restore my soul, great shepherd. Your hands bring back all of the pieces together and leave me not broken, but complete. He restores us, He preserves your life, He preserves your soul. And on from this, David continues as he looks back and he testifies. He never wanted or needed for guidance or direction. David faced tremendous life pressures, disappointments sometimes on every side, bitter grief, emotional pain. Imagine for a moment going from the nation's number one, the people's champion, to being exiled and banished from the nation that you love and the nation that you saved. Banished to a dark cave, living like an animal on the run. Imagine the experiences and the hurt And the pain that this man went through. And yet, even in amidst all of the darkest times of his life, even in amidst all of the valley experiences, and the heartaches, and the confusion, and the crises, and circumstances, he stands at the end of his life. And he testifies that he always had direction and guidance for every juncture of life. He said, you lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. On another occasion, David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. What is that? Guidance, direction. He leads you, church. And you will never want for guidance in relation to your future. You will never want for direction. Why? Because the great shepherd... The great shepherd is looking after you and is by your side and lives in you. That's the marvelous mystery of it all. I tell you something now, he's better than any sat-nav. He's better than any GPS system. You have guidance on an unimaginable scale. You really do. Led in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Also, David, as he moves through this this wonderful chapter, Psalm 23, he testifies that he never needed faith. Faith to trust God. Faith to believe God in every circumstance. By saying, I will fear no evil, David was saying that there was a life within him and an understanding that he had about God that he could face life with and not even evil could overcome him and overtake him I will fear no evil he says oh what confidence we have church of God what confidence what boldness we have not arrogance or self-strength but a humble recognition of our great shepherd being with us, being at our side to face every storm, we can confidently stand and walk forward into our future, declaring, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Hallelujah. Paul puts it like this. What shall we say concerning these things? He was talking about all of the variances of life, all of the complexities and all of the crises that was trying to close him down as a minister of the gospel. And he looked at it all. He looked at the lines of problems and the cues of crises stacked up against him. He said to the church, What shall we say concerning all these things? And then he comes out with a victorious declaration. If God is for us, who can be against us? You can bring circumstance after circumstance. You can bring evil in all of its forms. If God is for you, who can stand against you? And again on, he encourages the church of God, God's people the sheep under God's care. He says, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. What a wonderful provision we live in. All because of the incredible price paid by our Savior, Jesus. You'll never want for companionship David says, you're with me. You're with me. He knew that God was close. He knew that there was never a moment outside of the shepherding care of his hand. He knew that the Lord was with him. You'll never need in relation to companionship because the Lord is with us. David talks about this. And then on from here, We understand that we'll always be comforted by the shepherd. Are you you downcast today? There are times where all of our hearts are downcast. Do you feel low today, depressed today, fearful today? Well, you're going to get a visit from the great shepherd and he's going to comfort you. He's going to comfort you. And oh, the comfort, the care that he brings, the places that he can reach into the recesses of our lives, the recesses of our soul where nobody else can go. He comforts us. David says this, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. Oh, the many occasions that David needed to access that comfort. The pain, the hurt, the banishment, the fracturing of his family, the loss of loved ones, the comfort that he needed. If you look at the collection of life experiences that David had and his history as a shepherd boy then as a statesman, and then finally as a king, you'd see a huge collection of experiences. And many of those experiences would have broken and shattered any great man. But David looks back and he attributes his success. He attributes the consistency of his life, not to himself, Not to being a great king or a great statesman or a great military leader. No, he attributes his success to the comfort of the Lord in his rod and in his staff. In directing him and shaping him and chastising him and making him everything that God had created him to be. You'll not want for comfort. Neither will you want for sustenance. You will not want for sustenance and strength in a time of crisis and conflict. David said this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let me tell you what this means, child of God, for you. Let me apply it in this way. You're not going to be on the run from circumstance to circumstance. You're not going to be going from one defeat to another defeat, running away from life's giants. No! In the crisis, in the difficulty, in the dark time, in the horrors of life, What you will find is that the great shepherd will lay a banqueting table before you. Then he will pull back a chair and he will greet you to your place at that table of wonderful provision, even in the most unlikeliest of places where you would never choose to dwell, where you would never choose to to stop. The shepherd, the great shepherd, because of his care over your life, will provide a banqueting table, a table of provision. Right in that hostile place, right in that darkest moment, will become your place of great provision, your place of great victory. David saw this as he looked back over his life. Now as an aged king, he must have reflected and remembered In hindsight, all of the times where he thought it was over. All of the times where he thought that he was cornered and there was no way out. And then, maybe with a, 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 a smile on his face, his heart rejoiced about all of those times where wonderful deliverance came. And the table was set for him to sit at. This is about... God serving you, not you serving God. This is about God pulling the chair back and waiting on you, not you waiting on God. Oh, he's a wonderful saviour. He's a wonderful Lord. He's an incredible shepherd of our soul. And he provides such rich blessings for our lives. Well, what we see in this psalm is incredible provision. Incredible, incredible provision. David moves through it in these six verses. Then the moment comes where he looks at his past. I wonder how you look at your past. I wonder, as you go through your history, does it make you feel guilty and ashamed? Does it make you feel abandoned by God? Well, when you look at the provision of this psalm, you see a wonderful, wonderful testimony over your history. Because if you're going to look back into your past, you make sure that you take a good look. Take a really good look because this psalm tells us of the provision that has been made for your past. David puts it like this, goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. If you want to look back into your past, make sure that you see goodness and mercy, the goodness and the mercy of God. Paul, in Corinthians, on another occasion, encouraging the church of God not to look back in their past, but to see it as God sees it. He says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. And if you look back in your past, what are you going to find? Goodness and mercy following you. This is provision." From the great shepherd, the one that has paid the ultimate price in laying down his life sacrificially for us. Provision. What wonderful provision this wonderful chapter gives us. And then when you think it can't get any better after listing all of this wonderful abundance, after listing all of this incredible care that the shepherd gives us when you think it can't get any better... David talks about our lives, our lives running over, running over. He says, my cup runs over. That's abundance. That is, that is provision on an unimaginable scale. Our lives are abundant. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 10, Verse 10, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Finally, as David closes this great chapter, Psalm 23, he looks down into the corridor of time when he will pass from this earth into eternity. For David sees not just the temper the temporal life that he's living on this earth he sees way beyond on from the grave into the wonderful eternity that's provided by the chief shepherd and he says this closing this wonderful psalm for we shall dwell in the house of the lord forever We shall dwell in his house, the house of the Lord, forever. Listen, we do not have to be afraid of death. We do not have to be afraid of that moment when it will come, where we will pass from this world into that world, that new eternal world, his kingdom that Jesus has prepared for us. Paul said this, to live is Christ to die is gain. You can't lose. If you live today, you live in the fullness of Christ as described by David in Psalm 23. But if you pass from this life, you're just simply changing address, dress and you're going forever into the house of the Lord. What a prospect, what a future, what a blessing of provision that's been provided for us in Christ Jesus well, hopefully today, you should have got it by now. If the Lord is your shepherd, you shall never lack. You shall never want. You shall never be in need for anything. Church, I'm going to pray right now. And as we close this, this, this service today, maybe you're watching and you've never Ask Jesus into your heart. Maybe you don't know the good shepherd. You don't know the price that he's paid for your life. He's carried your sin. He's carried your pain. He's carried your affliction. To provide a whole new living way in which he can be your great shepherd, your savior and your Lord and bring you into this rich provision of life that David speaks about in Psalm 23. I want you to pray with me this morning. You say, but Dave, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a good person. Hey, listen, neither am I. Neither am I. But the shepherd gave his life for me with all of my sin and all of my shame and all of my guilt and he saved me and he set me free and he came to live in my heart. Listen, I'm going to pray today. The Bible says this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. What does it mean? You shall experience the wonderful salvation that we've been talking about today in Psalm 23. Right now, I'm going to pray. Would you join me? Would you join me to ask Jesus Christ to become your Savior? To ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and your Shepherd? Oh, He loves you. He really does. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of my sin. I believe that you were punished on the cross for me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead so that I could live in you and you could live in me. Thank you. I accept you as my Savior. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you've made a wonderful decision today. And this now really is where life begins. You are going to know him as shepherd. You are going to know him as Lord. You are going to experience care, intimacy and relationship with God on a level that you can not even imagine he's with you. And let me pray for church as well for us today because this life is ours in Christ Jesus. This is what has been provided for us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your people. Lord, if we've ever questioned our worth. If we've ever questioned our values. If, we, if we've ever tried to measure up. And compare ourselves against others. Lord, I pray today that that would come to an end. As we have seen our worth. As pictured in Psalm 23, as the good shepherd laid down his life sacrificially for us, paying a price, redeeming us from the curse of the law so that we might live in you. Lord, I pray today that we not only would understand the wonderful worth that we have before you, but I pray that we would all experience the rich provision that you've provided in Christ Jesus as you have saved us and brought us into this wonderful place where you are our great shepherd and we are recipients of your pastoral care every moment of every day. Lord, I pray for your people that they would know your peace in Jesus' name. And now, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a great week. And listen, why don't you, over this week, read Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24 together. As you'll see, it's a seamless picture of the good shepherd's care, laying his life down sacrificially for the sheep. The great shepherd administering his new covenant of grace in our lives and the chief shepherd who one day will split the skies and return for us in bringing us into his pasture. God bless you. Have a great week. God bless.
0: Wasn't that such an incredible message? You know, if you prayed the prayer, asking Jesus into your heart, we would love to celebrate with you. You can contact us via our website on Sunday Online page, and we would love to be in touch to help you with your next steps. And we'd love to give you a Bible and also a magazine from our church filled with stories of people who have made the same decision that you have. As well, remember, if you do have any prayer requests, we would like to join in prayer as well. So again, let us know through our website so we can continue to pray because we know that the prayers of righteous men and women avail much. Have a great week and we look forward to touching base with you next Sunday.